Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome you to church today. Uh, you made the best decision ever when you decided to be in church. All of those who are joining us on social media platforms, we welcome you as well. If you missed last Sunday, uh, the title of the sermon was Faith-Filled Prayer. Uh, Paul spoke last Sunday. If you missed last Sunday, I'm requiring that you go back and hear that. Uh, without a doubt, it's the best message I ever heard. It was just, we got to get it. Um, I, I can't require you to do anything, but Josh works for me, so I told him. He was gone on a youth thing, taking our youth. I said, you're required to hear this. You have to hear this. So the, so the one person I could boss around, I made him listen. He wrote back and goes, man, that was awesome. That was awesome. So don't miss. Uh, anytime you have to be out, you, you go back and hear what God spoke to our church. But, man, faith-filled prayer. What a word last week. What a... What a word Paul did. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Before I share uh, the word with you as you're turning to Matthew chapter 8, a couple of quick things that I want to remind you. We're only two weeks away from Easter. And for years, we have done baptisms on Easter after our second service. And I can't think of a better time uh, to do that. Uh, just I, We like to be careful about our very, very, very early young ones that just here I want to go get in the water well that might be fun we want everybody to be old enough to understand that what you're doing is making a public profession of the fact that I am burying this old person that isn't who I'm going to be some of you can wave your hand and say that old person's dead I mean that old person is gone dead and here's what I'm going to do I'm going to bury him I'm going to bury him. I want all of y'all to see I'm burying that old person. And now I'm coming up washed clean to live a new life. The Bible talks about this. We join Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what we celebrate on Easter. So it's always fitting that we do baptism. After the second service, Easter Sunday morning, uh, and the scripture is very clear. Uh, it's According to the scripture, as a Christian, it's something you need to do. Uh, John the Baptist told Jesus, oh, you don't need to do this. He says, i got to do this. This is the right thing to do. So I want to make sure that if you have not been uh, baptized, that this is the right thing to do. We have a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. Uh, bring you a towel and a change of clothes on Easter with you. Make sure today or next week you sign up in our foyer if we know the numbers and who that can help us prepare for our baptismal time after our second service on Easter. It's something you need to do. Next, uh, there are some flyers and have been out in our foyer. Our church, Christian Ministries Church in Southwest Missouri, is ho hosting a culture conference, April 27th, 28th, and 29th. It's going to be a great conference. There are four of us that are speaking at this conference and really looking forward to um, addressing the culture and a biblical worldview, and just want to invite any of you. Some of you have never been to our church in Missouri, and you're in a situation in life where you don't have to punch a time clock and say, hey, I want to go up there for that thing. Out there on the foyer is a hand-drawn map that I just drew on a piece of paper of how to get you there. 
Uh, for all of you modern people, you just go right ahead and use your GPS to get there. You need to be driving a four-wheel drive truck if you're going to go that way. I've got you. It's a long way around, but that's the paved road, and you can drive in there. I've got a hand-drawn map out in the foyer that'll get you right there, and on that map is the name of a hotel and the phone number. The closest hotel to our church is about 30 minutes away. It's right on the Interstate 65 between Branson and Springfield. It's in the Ozark exit. So the hotel is right there. If you say, you know what, I'd like to go up for that. Um, uh, I just want to let you know the information is out there. It's a free conference. Love to have you join us if that's something you're interested in doing. It's out in the foyer. Matthew chapter 28. Are you ready to receive the word here? A familiar passage for all of us, verse 23, Jesus gets into the boat, starts across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm strikes the lake, waves breaking into the boat. Jesus asleep. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Here's what's happening right now. They're just going across the lake. A fierce storm comes up, waves breaking into the boat. This is just where they are, and it happens all the time. Storms happen on a daily basis in our life. You were just driving to Little Rock on your way to work, and here was a this or a that on the interstate, or this happened or that happened. You're at your office, a normal day at work. The phone rings, and now we go, okay, I, I hear, my goodness, what's going on here? Storms, crises happen through us throughout our day in, 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 in life. Our immediate reaction, and all of us do, 100% of us do, we make an assessment of the situation. Where do I fit in to this happening? What is the outcome? What's gonna happen to me? All of us, every one of us, we assess situations that arise throughout our day. Based on my assessment, then I make a decision. This really doesn't concern me, so I just drive around and keep on going. Oh no, this is bad. I gotta leave work. I've gotta go meet some people at the hospital. Or Oh no, this isn't good. I gotta go home. I gotta, so we assess the situation and then we make a decision based on our assessment. Here's the disciples, followers of Jesus, left all their, left everything, left their old life. They were following him and a storm breaks out. So many things we could talk about. Just because you're following him does not make you immune. Well, I'm a Christian. I can't believe this happened. Well, where'd you get that idea? Storms break out. So they're following Jesus. A storm breaks out. And here is their assessment. They wake Jesus up so that they can tell him, verse 25, we are going to drown. The title of the sermon today is My Assessment. My Assessment. This isn't a message today for a few of you here that are going through a difficult time in your life right now. This message is for every single person in this room because life happens for all of us and it happens every day for all of us. Life happens for all of us. And our immediate, I mean, we all do, we assess. Ooh, this is bad. Oh, this is no problem. Well, that'll be fun to do. Oh, that's going to hurt. Oh, I dread going to do this. Oh, my gosh, we're going to drown. I mean, we all, that's where we are. 
Today, what I want you to see is our assessment means everything to how we live our life. Everything. Your assessment of what's going on in your life means everything to how you live your life. How you analyze it, how you assess it, what you come up with determines happy, sad, miserable, depressed. Uh, it, it, it determines how you live your life. Life happens for everybody in this room. How do you assess the events of your day? In Exodus, just go to Numbers chapter 13. In, in Exodus, we read God supernaturally delivered his people from slavery. Y'all remember the miracles, all the plagues, the frogs, the, I mean, the whole thing. Y'all remember the deal? The, the rod turns into a snake, back to a rod. Then they get out, parts the sea. The, God's kids walk through, drowns the soldiers chasing them. Y'all remember the story? They walk over to the land that God said, I am giving you. Everybody knows this. You look in chapter 13, verse 25. After exploring the land, the spies Moses sent in for 40 days, they go back to Moses. Moses, you guys go in, check that thing out, come back and tell us all about it. They come back, oh my gosh, you can't believe it. It was flowing with milk and honey. I mean, the grapes, the, the fertile soil, it is a wonderful land. But we've got a problem. Giants over there, cities are fortified. we got a real problem here. Caleb tries to quiet the people. Come on, let's go up at once and get this. The other men explored out the land, disagreed. We can't go up. They're stronger than we are. They spread a bad report. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who lives there. All the people we saw were huge. Now, here's what I want you to see. I don't want you to miss this. Verse 33. We saw even the giants there. Next to them, we were like grasshoppers. Here's what I want you to underline. And that's what they thought too. Now, let me just tell you. That's what they thought. They looked at us and they thought we were like grasshoppers. Okay, has everybody got that? Hold your place. Flip over a few pages to Joshua chapter 2. Forty years later, Joshua takes over, brings them back up to the promised land. He sends in spies, the very same scenario. Go in, check this thing out, come back and tell us what you saw. Before Joshua chapter 2, verse 8. I want everybody seeing this. Before the spies went to sleep that night, they go up on the roof to talk to Rahab. Verse 9, I, Rahab says, I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror. Do you see that? For we, we've heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. We know what you've done to the other kings. No, verse 11, no wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one in this whole land has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of heavens above and the earth below. Whoa. Now there is a different assessment. 
I mean, look right here. You, you assess what other people think of you. We all do. The first group goes over there and they assess without God in the picture, we're like grasshoppers and that's what they think too. Except when we're talking to Rahab, she said everybody here is in terror. We're, we're in such a panic about y'all. God is with you. Everybody here is afraid of you. Our hearts have melted. There's not anybody here that even has the courage to fight against you. Your assessment determines your life. Your assessment determines your life. And your assessment will determine whether you live in the blessings, in the blessed land, in the promised land, or whether you die in the desert. It's all up to how you assess your situation. Are you going to live blessed? Or are you going to die in the desert? How are you assessing your life? Terry and I have created this habit and have for years. Every night we get in bed and every night I pat her on the leg and I say, this was a good day. I had fun today. I say it every day. This was a good day. And she says, you know, it really was a good day. And I mean, we just, I don't, we just say that every night. Every night. Because the truth is, I have a good day every day. I had a lot of fun every day. And every day was just, this was a great day. Now, does it mean we didn't have any storms today? Does it mean waves aren't crashing over our boat? Hey, I'm still alive to watch them crash. I had a great day here. I'm having fun. I am having fun living my life. It was a great day. See, how are you assessing your situation? It determines how you're living your life, and it determines what actions that you take. I see a car on the side of the road, got a flat tire. I'm approaching. I see a man and a woman there. The man's got the trunk open. He's got the spare tire coming out. I drive around, and I think he's got that. He's got this. I drive by a car, got a flat tire, an older single woman there by herself. She's just sitting in the car. Hold on. I pull in. I pull in. See, my assessment of the situation is going to determine how and what and my actions that are about to happen. I mean, several weeks ago, some of y'all heard about this. Terry was in my wife was in the line at Walmart checking out like we do four to six times a day. <laughs> She's there in line checking out, standing right there, and a gunshot goes off. Okay, in a millisecond, everybody is doing what? They're assessing what's going on here. And then that assessment, am I going to jump under the counter? Am I going to run through that door? What am I going to do? Well, the guy standing right next to her falls on the ground. Blood's running out his leg, down his pants. And, and, and she, okay, so in milliseconds, I'm not sure how all this or why anyway, he's carrying his gun in the same pocket he's carrying his money in. And so he reaches in to get his money. And when he pulls out, he just shoots himself in the leg. I'm not talking about that situation and all of that. But at any rate, wow, here we go. 
falls. Okay, we assess the, the guy's shot himself here. Okay, that's what has happened. So then Terry tells the checkout, call an ambulance. The guy right next to her jerks his belt off, jumps in the floor, puts a tourniquet around his legs. See, we, your assessment, do I run out the door? What, do I jump in here? What, see, you assess the situation. It determines your actions, which will determine your life. How are you assessing life? Matthew chapter 8, we're going across the lake. Fierce storm. Verse 25, here comes the assessment. Now, just, just think this scenario through with me. Hurry, we've got to wake Jesus up and tell him we're all going to drown. I mean, he needs to know this. Maybe he needs to call his family. Maybe he needs to get his will in order. See, we can't let him just drown in his sleep. I get we need to get him, grab the cell phone. Honey, I love you. We're going under. We got to let Jesus know we're going to drown. You, you, you have to love this because it's so us. If, if you listen to yourself pray, it's first of all, we got to wake God up because he's totally oblivious to what I'm going through right now. See, God's asleep on the job. God, where were you? Why'd you let this happen? God, if you would... See, we, we got to wake God up because he is completely oblivious to what I'm facing right now. So we wake him up, and then we've got to tell God the outcome. Here's what's going to happen, God. I'm going broke. I'm losing my business. The world's going to hell in the handbasket. I mean, we got to let God know. We, you know, it's kind of our duty. Wake God up. Tell him what's about to happen giving the outcome of our situation. It, 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 it would make you laugh when you read that if it's not exactly the way we live. Church, we know God. Everybody in here knows God. Everybody in here has left your old life to follow God. Everybody in here, if I said, do you know Jesus is in your boat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jesus is right here with me. All of us know Jesus is in the boat with us. But here is the problem in our daily life. We assess our situation like God is not in the boat with us. Are you getting this? See, we assess our situation without faith in the power of God who we know is right here. If I ask you, have you left your old life to follow God? Every one of you say absolutely. If I said, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt God is with you every step of your day. Oh, absolutely. Then, then why are you panicked? Then why are you in trauma? Why are, Jesus says, why are you all afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are we telling God the outcome? We're going to drown. I'm going broke. The bottom has just fallen out of the real estate business. I'm in the real estate business. It's over for me. I'm going to fail. See, the horse business, the cattle business, I see all the cattle, there's a disease coming through. They're all going to die. See, I'm going to fail. This is terrible. This is awful. God, how did you sleep through this tragedy in my life? I got to wake God up and tell him what's going to happen in my life. Come on, let's read on in Matthew 8. We wake Jesus up in verse 26. We give him the assessment, 
and tell him what's going to happen. Now, I want you to look at Jesus' response. He says, well, boys, lucky for you, I'm here. You know, son of God and all that. Well, no, what, what is his response? Why are you afraid? Well, you know, your first response is, duh. Waves are crashing over the side of the boat. What do you mean, why am I afraid? See, these men made their life in boats. Their dad was a fisherman. They were fishermen. That, that's the way they did. As a matter of fact, there were no airplanes. There were no, there were no interstates. There were no bridges. They traveled in boats. You're in a boat all the time. So when these waves come up, they're making an assessment based on their education. They're making an assessment based on their knowledge of the situation here. There's no electric bilge pumps at this point that's going to kick on, pump the water out. We're going to drown. That is just how the facts line up. It's vital that we see this because storms come to all of us. Waves are breaking into our boat. Here's what I want you to see in verse 26. Look how Jesus responded. This storm is terrible. This is the mother of all storms. Jesus never addresses the storm. See, the storm is not the problem here. The disciples thought the storm was the problem. Jesus never mentions the storm. The storm is not the problem. The problem is their lack of faith. That's the problem. I got a problem with this in my family, that in my family, this in my finances. Oh, the doctor just told me, oh, Tim, I, look here. That's not the problem. That's not the problem. The problem, Jesus says, is, come on, guys, where's your faith? Come on, guys, where's your faith? Church, the problem that you're facing today is not your problem. The problem is you've got a little faith. We're going to have to step up. And this year, our theme is on living by faith. We're going to step up and live by faith. Why have you assessed your situation like you have? That's God's question to you and I. Why have you come up with this conclusion? Why have you thought this is going to be the outcome? The answer is you have so little faith. The answer is your assessment was apart from the power of God. Your, your assessment was apart from the power of God that you and I have access to. Faith or the lack of it will determine your assessment. The fact was, Jesus was right there in the boat with them, and they knew it. But they assessed the situation like he was not there. Are you assessing? You know God's with you. You, you already know that. Now, are you assessing your situation like God is with you? Or are you assessing your situation like he's in the bottom of the boat asleep? Our theme this year is living by faith. And what's got to happen for us this year is we've got to come to a place that our faith changes our assessment of what's happening in our daily lives. Our faith affects our assessment. Life is happening it's happening for all of us. I want the members of this church to be people of great faith. When Moses sent the 12 spies, 10 of them came back assessing the city of Jericho and the promised land, walled 
full of giants and we're like grasshoppers to them. Assessing their situation without faith. They had all seen God do, I mean, are you kidding me? All of the miracles that he had done to bring them to that point. Come on, in your own life, how many can say, Tim, God's done miracles for me. God's brought, I shouldn't even be alive today. I mean, we're, we're, some of the stunts that I pulled, some of the things, some of the places I've been, Tim, I am here today and it's miraculous. Okay, well, well let's remember that. Let's remember that. Quit living terrified and thinking I'm going to drown with so little of faith. When we have limited little faith, then our life is limited to our own knowledge, our own ability, and the strength of our own boat. According to Jesus, if they had operated in faith, it would have changed how they saw their situation. The point of this message today is faith is key in our daily life. Faith is not just a word for Sunday morning. Faith is key for you and I to walk in every day of our life. Not just when we're at church and the band's playing and our hands are raised. Faith is key for you and I on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Friday night, that we are men and women of great faith. We read in Mark chapter 8, verse 13 and 14, the disciples forgot the food. Seriously. I like verse 16. Now they get in an argument with each other. I thought you had it. I thought you were bringing it. How come you didn't bring it? I thought you, well, he put you in charge of the food. Well, in verse 16, they're arguing about the fact that they don't have any food. Why, come on. Why are we here? Jesus just, he says, don't you remember anything verse 18 he said just the other day five thousand were fed with five loaves how many baskets left over yeah, 12 then verse 20 okay just a little before that four thousand were fed with seven loaves how many was left over yeah seven baskets were left over and you're arguing right now about we're all gonna starve we don't have any food come on how quick we lose faith. Even after seeing 5,000, after seeing 4,000, how quick we lose faith. Their assessment is, we don't have anything to eat, we forgot the food. Faith brings the power of God into picture in your life. As you're coming up with your assessment, we're gonna drown, we have nothing to eat. Here's what you need to know, your faith has been stolen. Your faith has been stolen. Now, this is interesting. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Jesus tells Peter, Satan's after you. Satan is after you. Now, the next verse, verse 32, Jesus said, I've pleaded in prayer for you that your faith not fail. It really gives us an insight here. I have pleaded in prayer for you that your faith not fail. Church, the enemy, the thief, the devil is after your faith. That's what he's after. 2 Timothy chapter 6, we got to fight the good fight of faith. We're in a fight, 
But the fight is over. The fight is for our faith. Because when your faith is stolen, all of your assessments will take you out. The devil doesn't have to worry. He does not have to worry about your life. When he steals your faith, life happens for all of us. Business, finances, health, kids, grandkids, neighbors, life happens for all of us. If the devil can steal your faith, his worries are over because life will take you out. Worry, stress, pressure, fear, you're going to kill yourself with a nervous breakdown. Here's what's going to happen. I don't have any more worries. Life's going to eat your lunch. See, the storms of life take you out. The fight is over our faith. Your faith is being stolen. They saw 5,000 fed. They saw 4,000 fed. They saw blind healed. They saw lame healed. And they're arguing over now, what are we going to do? Jesus standing right there. What happened? Their faith was stolen. Church, it's vital that we get this. You got Jesus with you, and I'm thrilled. But now let's work on our faith. Don't let the enemy steal your faith. I'm just going to tell you, Jesus is, uh, the, the devil is not concerned that Jesus is in the boat with you. That don't really worry him. What worries him is your faith. See, what worries him is your faith. Jesus is in the boat with you, and you're living and acting like he's not. You disregarding the power of God that you have access to. Don't worry. The storms of life are going to terrorize you. Now, I'm glad. I'm glad Jesus is in the boat with you. But for you to live life and life abundant, for you to live blessed, you're going to have to fight for your faith. We don't have time to look at this. You just write it down and go study it. Ephesians 6, 10, 11, and 12. It tells us our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual battle. Quit fighting your husband. Quit fighting your wife. Quit fighting your coworkers or your boss. Quit fighting with your neighbor. That's not who the fight is between. What's happening is not against flesh and blood. There's an enemy that's trying to steal your faith. You, you, let's fight the enemy. Let's, I, I love my wife. Nobody put a gun to my head and made me marry her. I picked her out of everybody in the world I could have picked. I chose her. I love her. Now, we're getting a divorce. You, see, your assessment of your situation is, well, the power of God. Well, what are you doing here? That's the one you love. What are you doing here? You took the job because you wanted it. You loved the job. You told people what a great job you had. You took the job knowing how much you were going to be paid. You took the job agreeing with how much you... Now, down the road, they're taking advantage of you. They're overworking you. They're not paying you what you're worth. Nobody put a gun to your head and made you go to work for that kind of money. But see, the devil has stolen your faith. You're not dependent on God. You're not trusting in God. Now you're trusting in a paycheck. It's not meeting your needs. This paycheck isn't enough. So now I'm mad at my boss because he won't meet my needs through this pay. Whoa, whoa, the devil stole your faith. The devil stole your faith. See, we've got an unseen enemy after our faith. You've got to fight for your faith. The devil can get you assessing all of your life without the power of God. He's got no worries. Life's going to take you out. Quit fighting 
your wife, your husband. Fight the devil. Quit fighting with your boss, your coworkers. You fight the devil. Devil, you're not taking the joy out of my life. Devil, you're not whipping my life. I love working. I love doing what God's called me to do. Devil, you're not stealing my faith. See, every situation you're in, you need to know the fight is for your faith. And don't you let the devil take your faith. Don't you let the devil whip you. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18 goes on to tell us, you got to get dressed for this battle. Put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the peace of your shoes, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword is the word of God. Pray in the spirit. See, you, you, you get yourself ready and you fight the devil for your faith. You're not getting me. You're not stealing my faith. My faith is in God. God is going to direct and guide me. God is in charge of my business. God is in charge of my finances. God is in charge of my life. God, I surrender to you. My faith is in you. See, you're not taking faith out of my life. If David Hilton was here today, he would say, you got to stop fighting buck naked. Stop it. Get your clothes on. I'm saved. He's made me right with him. I'm righteous. I've got the shield of I've got the sword. The word of God is in my holster. See, stop being out here fighting the devil buck naked. Get the battle dress on in Ephesians chapter 6. And you say, devil, you're not getting my faith. You're not getting my faith. I'm believing you, God. The outcome is in your hands. I'm not telling God what the outcome is. God, I'm trusting you for the outcome in my life. Today, everybody in here, you've given your life to God. And I'm glad. But I want you to know, even with God in the boat with you, you're going to have to live by faith now. Now, you're going to have to live by faith. Quit assessing your daily storms. Storms blow up. They blow up for all of us. Quit assessing your daily storms without faith. You got to stop doing it. Jesus is right there with you. Now, stop assessing your storms like he's not. You and I know God is with us. You stand on faith. You stand on faith in the midst of your current storm. Stand with me. Come on, all over this place, everybody, life is going on for all. Tim, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you're alive, so you're going through something. It's just the way it is. As long as you're alive, you're going through a, well, Tim, I'm just going through a real struggle right now. Oh, welcome to life. Welcome to the workaday world. Welcome to life. Tim, I'm just in a real battle right now. I my son, my daughter, my kid, my money, my finance, my health. We're all in a battle because we're alive. No, we're standing on faith. We're standing on faith. Come on, wherever you are, whatever storm is crashing over your boat right now, let's stand on faith. I'm standing on faith. I'm not assessing this situation like Jesus is not here. Come on. Jesus, I loose the power. I lo right now, loose the power of the Holy Spirit in your situation. I'm not assessing my situation without you. God, I see you. I see your hand in my life, and I put my life in your hand, and I'm assessing my situation through you. I loose you, Holy Spirit. Come on, loose the power of the Holy Spirit. We're fighting the enemy. 
We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting the enemy. Devil, you're not stealing my faith. Devil, you're not stealing my faith. Devil, you're not stealing my faith. I'm standing on the Word of God, and I'm believing you for the outcomes in my life that are according to your plan and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.